Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you as always by the Mind Refinery. I'm Kyle Bodanis. This week, Coburn and I are joined by UK hip-hop guru Nicholas Tyrell to talk about the new mixtape from rising Coventry star Pasalu. Nick has written for NME, Complex, Hype Beast, High Snobiety, GQ, uh, among a bunch of other publications. You'll be dazzled by how much this guy knows about hip-hop. I can't wait for you to hear it. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you have time, follow the Mind Refinery on social media. And now, here's the show. All right, guys, here today to talk about the new mixtape, Send Them to Coventry, from rising UK artist Pasalu, is my co-host, Coburn Blair. How's it going? And also joining us on the line, a very special guest, a journalist who's written for Complex UK, Enemy, High Snobiety, and Hype Beast, a very talented individual, Nicholas Tyrell. Nicholas, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for having me, man. Um, it's good to be here. So let's get right into it here. Uh, where does Pa fit into the UK scene between drill, grime, and other black music genres from England? Um, do you know what? Like, I think Pa uh, is a product of the spirit of Britain, the spirit of England, specifically in terms of our genre blending. If you think back to a Born to Do It by Craig David, um, he genre blended between garage um, and R&B. That is not a straight R&B album at all. Um, and even if you think to Estelle, obviously she's del- she's delved in hip hop, R&B. She sits at the intersection of those two realms. Soul in some places using her voice too. Um, the UK is known for genre blending and that is what's birthed a genre called, well, it's birthed grime, you know, because that again came from Garage. It came from the dancehall canon in some pockets as well. And if you think about like, there's a more modern genre called Afro Swing, which takes from the black diaspora in the UK that consists of again, dancehall, again, Afro beats, Afro pop in some, in some elements too in UK hip hop. So we are known as a nation of genre blending. If you really pay close attention to the history, um, I'm sure Coburn can agree. Who's been on? Who's been on the island for a couple of years in the past too? So um, yeah, we are a we are a culture of genre blenders just because of the diasporic makeup. Um, similar in some ways to Toronto. I don't want to say completely because I'm not from there, but from what I've spoken to some individuals in music spaces, um, there's some slight similarities. But um, what I'll say is that Pa, to answer your question, is a product, and he's still very early on in his career. We don't know where he's going to go, but he is a product of speaking to him even. He he loves dancehall. He loves Bashman. Um, he loves, obviously, um from Gambia, obviously on the continent, he'll be inspired by an Afrobeats and even some niche con- uh, genres from the continent as well, um, which I'm sure he's uh, to to explore a bit further. He actually lived in Gambia for a period of time as well across his teen years um, and late childhood. So what I'll say is he's um, a concoction of so many different sounds. I'd, I'd point to Drill if you listen to Send send them to Coventry, his project, his inaugural project. Um, I'd say Afro beats in some places as well, in the melodies, maybe a bit of high life in there as well. And I'd say hip hop, straight UK hip hop as well, definitely for sure. Um, his intonations will even tell you that he dabbles in patois as well and some lingo from Gambia, some lingo from the continent of Africa, maybe West Africa isms as well, maybe Nigerian. Um, slang in there a little bit as well and that is just the culture of Nigeria being one of the the most dominant um, the most dominant immigrants from the continent um, in terms of black people Um, so you can get some of that in there as well and yeah just to just to summarize he's a genre blender for now Um, we'll see how he evolves this is his debut mixtape so we'll definitely have to see what happens on the debut album and where he goes beyond this space in North America, I think we have a hard time um, dif- differentiating genres. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think the UK, from what I've seen at least, it's a little bit more effort- effortlessly um, you know, included in the music where, at least in North America, and obviously having the influence that the States does on us, we have a harder time um, breaking genres down into what they actually are. And I think things become labeled really quickly as one thing or or the or another and if they don't fit into these neat little boxes 
we don't know how to talk to them we don't know how to approach them we don't know how to appreciate things so i don't think i have the best um idea of you know what the difference is between afrobeat afrobeat or afrobeats and afro swing do you think you could maybe break down a little bit of that for our listeners like yeah um, i'm going to preface this with the fact that i am not at least in my immediate ancestry from the continent so i think it's super important to distinguish that and nor am i an expert but what i'll say is from what i've distinguished um, in my time as a music journalist and a music listener is that high um, afro beats with a t um, at the end is definitely Fela Kuti's territory. Um, it's the derivative from jazz in some elements. Um, there are jazz elements in their instrumentation, et cetera, et cetera. Very spiritual music, um, very cathartic. And a burner boy implements Afro beats into his overall um, sound as well of what he sometimes refers to as Afrofusion. Um, what I would then say Afro beats is um, it was coined in the UK during the tens. Um, so last decade, early last decade, um, is a bit more of a, I want to say, predominantly West African derivative um, pop sound. Um, so some some of this, if you really trace it back, because there's a debate about the legitimacy of Afro, Afro beats as a term with the S at the end, not Afro beats, but Afro beats. That is more of a derivative of pop from a Ghana, pop from a Nigeria, pop from a Uganda. Um, and it's a very catch-all term. Um, I actually wrote about the introduction of the Afrobeat charts, which launched in the UK earlier this year for NME. And that kind of just talked about the debate with some people on the continent, uh, not perhaps understanding Afrobeats um, in terms of it being used as a catch-all denoma. And they would, some would rather it be called Nigerian pop, Ghanaian pop, et cetera, et cetera. So that is Afro beats. Um, it can, sometimes some of the songs can include like a high life melody sometimes, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I won't say that is the definer for Afro beats at all, but um, it's just a very catch-all term. So that's why it's been, uh, it gained controversy and a bit of critique. Afro Swing debuted in the UK. It is a UK derivative genre and it includes a lot of Afro beats inspiration. As I said, again, dancehall is included, which is why we had a debate on what to call the genre early on in the 2014, 15, 16, 17. Some would still argue that it's still a debate. There were loose terms like Afro bashment, trying to connect the diasporas of the West Indies and um, the continent of um, Africa, specifically West Africa, um, and then the UK, and these these immigrant communities being interconnected, and then thus making this genre that didn't stick for too long. Um, there's these guys called Lotto Boys, which made a project called Afrobean, which tried to create a term for it. Um, Afro B, who in some term, in I'm not going to say broke the United States, but made waves in the United States last year on the Billboard Hot One. Hot 100 or R&B and hip hop charts, sorry, should I say, he called it Afrofusion, I want to say, um, and that caught some waves with Burner Boy as well, but they all kind of sort of in some way relate to the, the merging, as I said it before, of UK hip hop, um, Afro beats and uh, dancehall slash bashman. I would say some artists there that are big in the sound or known for the sound are definitely notes. Jay Huss incorporates a lot of it. Lotto Boys, um, I said Lotto Boys in like Lotto Boys, Afro B, Jay Huss, early NS Young Bane. NSG? Et cetera, et cetera. NSG, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd call them at the intersections of Afro Beats and Afro Swing. Okay. They're not completely one or the other. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely those people I would name. I love when you wake up on a Sunday and think you know things about music and then Nicholas Terrell just comes on your show and makes you realize you got to hit them books. Uh, that was better than any definition I think I've read online as well. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's elements, you know, of, of, you know, the drill and the grime and all that in, in his music. I think these genres, especially something like grime, I mean, they're all dovetailing together in general, as you said, like a genre blending. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's creating like a general UK hip hop sound. I don't mean that from like in a generic sense, 
but you know there's cross pollination and mingling of styles and you know as a result you're seeing a more you know uni unified uk hip-hop sound like for example with stormzy like his earlier stuff is like really grime oriented but then heavy heavy as the head is a i, I feel like a very straight up hip-hop album and perhaps that's a oversimplistic interpretation what um, i would say is just to cut just to cut you off what i'd say with stormzy is he's been able to be the real marker of the intersections of grime meeting uk hip-hop um yeah. i think he's he's he will create a blueprint for others to kind of carry on if they still exist in the grime canon and want to evolve into not evolve um intermingle with sorry i live near a train station intermingle no, with um intermingle with the hip-hop as well so i think he's the he's one of the blueprints there another one which um Coburn will know is chip formerly known as chipmunk as well i think he laid down the foundations for his stormzy to exist just to kind of interject there as well. no no absolutely i appreciate it and i think you're seeing this more in the next generation as well like i feel like heady one is another example of how like a bunch of of influences like skepta h stormzy all coming together you know throwing in things like trap and dance hall all together um and like creating that you know what i mean kind of in which you know chicago drill and trap came came together to create you know modern american hip-hop in, in at least the most popular version of it um so like i guess for me is like where does it fit i mean he's a product of where like you said where uk hip-hop is and uh just maintaining his gambian roots and like getting things adding things like afro swing and i'm glad you explained that because now i feel like i have a better understanding because i i think coburn's right is there is like a, a North American oversimplification. I think it's because UK music and hip hop and guys, tell me what you think about this. I think although it's genre blending, it does stick closer to its roots. Like you can hear in UK hip hop, the Jamaican roots, whether it's the various forms of Jamaican music, like whether it's dance hall or, you know, reggae uh, more than you can in American hip hop. Um, and I think that might be like kind of from a, almost meant different mentality about country and uh you know roots so yeah i i definitely get what you're saying a hundred percent um yeah a hundred percent i think someone who i will love until the day i die just because of his unapologetic attempts at blending the two worlds and he'll always be known for this um is buster rhymes he is Absolutely. an incredible example of what could have been um, and to be honest, he was he was the shining example of someone who made it anyway, doing what he did unapologetically. But he was an example of a culture that could have been. Um, and of course, like just what he did in terms of coming over to here for Notting Hill Carnival and immersing himself in his in his ancestry and stuff like that is just amazing. And it speaks to it speaks to the real unapologetic love of one's roots um, while intermingling it with the obviously the hip-hop the foundations of hip-hop and Buster Rhymes is from New York obviously New York is no surprise they are the first region um across from when you come over from the UK most times we touch New York first and in New York they really are similar from what I've seen in terms of embracing the diasporic ties that is what uh, New York is what helped make Afro be break because nigerians had their parties in new york um journalist fellow journalist eva annie saw her playing his music and champion him before this moment happened saw her um, champion african giant and burner boy before years before um and they play dance hall in new york underground parties and they play Afrobeats in you know um new york underground parties so you know, Buster Rhymes coming from New York and still being able, I mean, Jamaica Avenue, you know, it speaks for itself. They embrace other sounds. It's the birthplace of hip hop. And they were unapologetic in terms of embracing the Jamaicans, um, as well as other diasporic figures who helped to create the genre. So um, it doesn't surprise me that Buster Rhymes is one of the only shining examples which can do that and even if you listen to his most recent album there's still that intonation and influence just to add to that point because you mentioned afrobeat in new york i also think kind of like the groundwork was laid for it because of the role of like fella cootie and uh um, tony allen um just within jazz and funk like 
the, like they're very revered in the jazz uh you know sphere too so i almost think that um the sonic landscape and acceptance for, for there was like a pre-treatment to the ear if you will for it i think i would i would yeah i think that's a great point as well i think i would do myself a disservice and not be a, a, a trontonian if i didn't mention cardinal in that as well with buster someone who uh translated the the reggae scene you know to hip-hop and you look at like um baby blue sound crew and you know the first introduction of sean paul to a 110 uh, percent sean paul sean paul's an important figure as well very important in terms of his collaborations and all of that beanie man collaborating with a little kim like there's there's so many early proponents of helping the worlds blend together you know so many important members so I think I think that's really interesting, and I think the way that the UK and to a lesser extent uh, maybe Toronto kind of approaches it is there's more of a fluidity in genre, and I think the first time we really saw this from a North American uh, perspective on, on a large scale is Drake's More Life, and I think that was a pivotal moment where we got to see uh, a North American take on doing different genres and like to a lesser extent too with views and controller and some of the records he was doing on there but i think more life was really the one that kind of you know ignited a lot of diaspora wars and there was a lot of conversations on influence and appropriation and borrowing where i think these conversations are kind of built into the to the black uk um fabric where there's not like it's not weird for Pa Salud to have uh, Boy Boy on this and get into the Trinidad scene and then have, you know, African slang and all these things. Whereas in North America, I think it's much more rigid in the ways that, you know, you can uh, do cultural appreciation versus appropriation. I think it's just important to interrogate these things. And if, you know, if Apple allowed me to really extend that interview, I asked him a very specific question. When was his ear um shaped in terms of the the west indian lens um who shaped it how was it shaped when why all of those important questions which tell the story and he told me it was in his youth he named me specific albums from Movado, specific singles from a vibes cartel specific um albums from the pair of them a beanie man etc um and how he got interested in boy boy um from the trinidadian scene as well and he was able to, as a journalist, answer that question. Um, sorry, as a subject talking to a journalist, answer that question for me because it's important to interrogate where these things are coming from. Is it a trend-laced thing or is it an authentic appreciation? Um, and that is that's what I always try to answer um, and get the full picture and breadth with, especially when it comes to trend hopping. Um, but with Pa, he he clearly knows what he's talking about. So. Um, it's important even though we are a nation of more fluidity as you assert as well I, I i'd agree in some places as well to to a bigger extent important to me as a black journalist interviewing black artists um it's important for me to gauge that authenticity because in the same way if i got a drake interview around the time of more life those same questions would be asked um even though i know he has a specific interest in the uk um etc etc um it's interesting to see the west indian response to him dabbling um on on more life you know and to see some of them indeed co-sign his him being an appropriator or him not giving the correct credits or you know him fronting a scene that's always not needed the co-sign or validation um so i think it's truly important to always inter interrogate that whether a nation is foundational in genre blending and foundational in sharing that diasporic relationship or not it's just always important to kind of see um where these influences come from and why they're being used to the best extent that you can find those those answers what were our initial thoughts on this album for, for me um sorry i feel like i'm taking over the podcast but for me no i could listen to you talk for like six hours definitely continue <laughs> thank you so much so the boy boy song definitely surprised me in a good way because he sounds great i think um when it comes to cultural appreciation slash appro or appropriation i think when i hear good um authentic kind of interactions with it it makes me feel good it makes me feel good that people can tastefully respect the culture because a drake let's not forget earlier this year a drake on a heady one track freestyle was talking about issues 
in the West Indies that he's not a part of. He was talking about street codes, he was talking about gang affiliations, and he got checked by people in that community. I believe it was Movado that called him out on Instagram and said, don't open your mouth again on this issue. So it's good to see a Pasalu sonically experiment um, while appreciating the culture as well. More widely, I think how he genre blended was super intuitive. The tape commanded attention, just the natural fluidity of his isms and flipping between a patois to a Gambian slang to British slang to to just normal standard English rapping and um, it was beautiful to see him able to interact with that dialogue so seamlessly um, on his first take. I loved Informer with Millions, I love how Millions, Millions is cadence shines through, I think it was a great track with them um obviously the track with boy boy is a standout for me a, a west indian flip repeat i love the concept i love the 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 wordplay in there super super great track block boy instantly commands attention the standout of the year um arguably got him attention from here and um across the pond my family i think was great in terms of him playing around with his um his melody and his um pronunciation i really liked it yeah, I think it was a great, a great first attempt. I know there's been some comparisons for the Jay Huss. Do I think those comparisons will leave him? Unfortunately, no, because of how he looks. But um, I think, it, in my opinion, I will always step back and give someone a chance. And I'm always a, a, a body of work person. So I'm always like, okay, single here, single there, great. When the project comes, that's when I'm really, truly looking at you and what, you, what you're doing. And he he proved... He proved me right and that he's someone who's 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 to be watched um in this industry and in the uk space so that is those are some of my initial thoughts i i mean i really i really like this album right off the bat but i mean like the more i listen to it the more i kind of appreciate its rawness and i think we'll get we'll get into the comparisons to jay huss i think the rawness of it um and it's a little bit more menacing than jay huss's work you know it's been claimed as part of that umbrella but it's so different and we're getting you know as i said we'll get into comparisons uh, but the album is sparse, it's bass-heavy, it's menacing at times, but with, like, these bright flourishes that add kind of texture and depth. And as you said, it's a really great start. Like, if you are putting out, you know, work, you want something of this quality. Um, you 100%. Know, you know, um, and I feel like that was the same, I think, for Gang with Heady 1, is that I thought, I'm like, this is a great starting point. Um, and it, the big thing is it makes you want to listen to more and hear and like now I'm interested in what what is that progression going to sound like? And, you know, and ca can he I think sonically he can absolutely separate himself from J-Hus. But as you said, there's more, as you said, there's more like superficial ways, unfortunately, of like kind of putting it together. But I think this album really sets the table you know, for what his career is going to be. And I think, if anything, the only tough part of putting out a first album of this quality is that now you have to keep building on it. You do. 110% you do. And I think that, it again, it's going to be super interesting to see where he goes. Um, and the funny thing is, this is a mixtape. This is a mixtape. A lot of the United States uh, people who absorbed this thought it was an album. And I completely get why, because the quality was there, the imagery was there, and the rollout in the UK at least was there. So um, he's he's been on at least three covers now, three publication covers, one of which is a national newspaper. He's he's arrived, you know, he, he's really arrived. They get, his PR team, August Agency, are incredible. They handle Rico Nasty right now, Burner Boy, I believe, as well. Um, they sent me the tape early. I, you know, they are incredible people. And he has the right team, you know, people who care about him. You know, his future is so bright, in my opinion. I just think it, the, as long as the music adds up, he's fine. And the passion that I heard on the phone is ready to get back in that studio and not for the image sake for artistic growth sake. Some of the things he was talking to me about, I couldn't believe my eyes for a talk. I think he's 21 years old, 19, something like that, 19, 20, 21. He's, um, he's very ahead of his time. And I know a lot of people use that as a buzz phrase, but genuinely when I say that, I mean that with every ounce of my soul. He is a forward thinker, 110%. I want to, I mean, we got into stand, uh, standout tracks um, a little bit when you were doing there, but like what we, what do we think were, like, what were our favorites from this? What really stood out as, you know, 
things that embraced that potential. I think for me, like, um, hearing like him incorporate boy, boy on no warning, like to hear the Trinidad sound. Like I I had a a friend in Toronto who kind of put me on to different Trinidadian dance hall sounds. Cause I've never really heard Trinidadian dance hall. I don't think I've heard dance hall from too many other islands. I think maybe only like, uh, Bayesian dance hall before, so to hear to hear boy boy and to see see artists connecting at like a very base level and a level like when I read your piece for for Apple um Nicholas that like he reached out to him he just saw that like he was like kind of young and hungry too and like I think that's really that's really great to see like artists build together because I think a lot of times um when you're a new artist you kind of especially if you have some buzz to you you're reaching up to these like bigger artists to kind of like look like a cosign or something like that, or you're paying for features. But I think this is really organic in the way that it came through. Um, I was also he- um, happy to hear millions on this, like a, a Birmingham staple, a stalwart of the kind of um, the scene outside of London. Cause I don't think, I think now we're getting more and more acts that are burgeoning out of the London uh, outside of London, but to hear like millions, he's had a great year, obviously featured um, in the, the new OVO ads. Uh, Dre gave him a big shout out. Um, but he's also doing his own thing. He had a great uh, run this year, great tracks with, um, you know, a lot of different artists. So to see him out there, I was really happy. Um, and then I really like hearing Back Row G on my family. Like, I think they're both from Coventry. Are they part of the same crew? Um, they're very good friends. They're very good friends, um, yeah. Back Row G. And I actually have a piece on which you bought for The Face coming out next month. And he is... Yeah, it's it's exciting what he's got what he's got coming. And Backro G is someone who I would definitely get into now. Um, if you need to, if you need to kind of some background, he's definitely if you love the ad libs that the um Pasalu is bringing to the table, you would love what this guy's bringing to the table. And Party Popper is the best introduction um that you need from him. Um, Backro G actually was raised in London, um, okay. ma- mainly through like areas like Stratford, I believe Pimlico as well. But um, he's Congolese, so it's really exciting to kind of see him. And he loves dancehall too. So it's, do you know what? There's just a lot going on on this island. Um, Backro G is definitely getting um, some attention now um, as the year closes. Um, and you can get to know him a little bit more on the piece that I have coming out in print next month. And then I believe the month after it will be available online, but um, super exciting piece. I mean, in form of featuring millions, I mean, that track is so awesome. Like I really, really enjoyed that when I heard it. And it's kind of interesting because you're getting like the, uh, you know, the double threat of the Midlands, you know, I, I think it's really, really cool. Um, what do you think about that track TTM? I mean, I really, I enjoy really stripped, like music I, you know i i you know there's the people who are creating sonic landscapes and textured i feel like my um my preferences for more guitar based music are completely different than my preferences for hip hop whereas i enjoy when it's stripped right down almost to the bass and this track really uh for me it just had that head bob um hoodie on headphones on just walking with it and just really enjoying it 100% I just love what it meant like trap till morning it just embodies the British slang like trap till morning every artist has used that word and even the US like trap it, it means something in the United States as well as it does in the UK as well as it does in Toronto you know like it is um <laughs> it's just an exciting record like as you said the the kind of envisagement of hoodies walking through just bopping your head like that is that's what that song envisages. It just is a very exciting record. It's very ominous. It's very um, mysterious in the same way, but it's very drum heavy in the same sense. It's very much like you are running those errands night till morning. You are in the trap. You are hustling. It makes you, it's one of those cinematic records that brings you into the universe of him. I can imagine almost rain, the hoodie on, you running through, like you get in those, whatever you're getting, and you're just trying to secure the bag, you know? And that's, that. I definitely love how he was very um, unapologetic in that and very, very blunt in his, in his, some of his verses as well on that record. And I like this about Black as well. Um, I really kind of enjoy, 
how he's looking, you know, obviously self-actualized in under, like understanding that he's treated like a second class citizen and what that means, but also talking about it as something that is uh, beautiful and, um, you know, to be cel- you know, at moments to be celebrated as well. And it, I, I think this is a, you know, a, one of those wise behind your years, beyond your years songs. And also, you know, it kind of links the London experience to the Midland experience because it's like a lot of the same things and experiences that you feel, um, living in council estates, all that kind of stuff that there is a through line, you know, for, you know, people from, you know, African or West Indian diaspora and what they're experiencing in the UK. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I definitely think that Pa on that track doesn't even care. I think it's intentionally trying to miss the beat but still finding the beat as well i like how he raps on it as well and i think it i i mean i'm think, maybe thinking too much into the artistry whether he's intentional in this or not what it does is it kind of adds a metaphorical aspect of him not fitting in but not caring about fitting in because he's black you know skin tone black and that that kind of non-conventional beat and him working around that non-conventional beat just does it for me in a different way as well. Um, it marries with some of what he's talking about lyrically as well. So that was the most interesting part of the track for me. What did you think about that, Coburn? Because like I'm, because one thing I did like, and I think, uh, which which you said, Nick, it, it kind of goes throughout the whole album. He's very, it's very interesting how he raps in and out of the beat. Like sometimes he's there, but it's flourishes. It's more like he's painting rather than falling in line with what the beat requires. And I appreciate that. And I think it's super original. Yeah, like, I, I, I really enjoy the way he catches different elements. And, like, I think it kind of relates to what Nick said earlier, just about the, the way that influences are interpolated on this. And he's able to find so many different pockets and so many different ways to be expressive on this. So it's never, you're never getting just one thing. And I think that's what makes him stand out so much as an artist is that he's giving you so many different ways to connect with him. Like, I think there's kind of a song almost for everybody on this album without the album feeling disjointed ever. You know, it feels like it's very connected and there's like uh, thorough lines through it, but um, it's not just one way or one style. You know, everything is kind of considered very carefully. Definitely agree with that assessment too. Pa is often compared to, and we had alluded to this before, Jay Huss. Like, do you think this comparison is accurate? Like, how would you describe his music? Do you think it's a fair comparison? Do you think it's inevitable? What are your thoughts? Do you know what it is? I think it's a similar situation to a D Smoke, Kendrick Lamar situation. And some yeah, even some of the members, really even some of the members on TDE, in terms of um, if you are from that part of California, you will definitely and you have a similar um uh, cadence and tone to your voice you'll definitely be compared and I think that's very similar like you can definitely hear a Jay Huss and a Pasalu but what Pasalu has done quite well from his introduction where it was even more clearer like he seems like a, a Jay Huss incarnation is he's been able to kind of carve out his own lane and this project was super important for him it was kind of like he was building his profile but we needed the music the music came and it let us know right we can trust him to use that cadence and tone, but in a different way. Just like D Smoke, in some ways, has been able to do that. He's still building profile, but like musically, I've listened to the album. And although there are places where I'm like, is that Kendrick? But like the the what he's talking about, all those similar topics, he he raps in a stylistically a bit of a different way, flow-wise. So I think that um Pasalu, sorry, so many names in my head at one time. Pasalu has been able to distinguish himself in how he, as you kind of said, paints the um paints his canvas over the production. And that is in a different way to a Jay Huss, um, who is equally as talented, if not he he is he is a definer of our generation at this point in the UK at least. He's been able to do things from a different, more somber, more laid back lens and really sonically evolved the canon of what afro swing means in the uk and and hip-hop as well yeah i think like you know having listened to jay huss for however many years he's been out and having heard him and i think he was the first person that people could draw for um i remember when demolai came out uh last august or july and then you know all the comparisons came rushing in um and i think at the time it was really the only connection that people could make in their minds. And then I remember like, you know, on, on January 8th of, th- of this year, when um, 
Jay Huts kind of responded to them. He, you know, he told me he meant he messaged Pa and you know reached out to him. And I thought that was such a, a powerful moment, right? Because I think, you know, you have those people who are just starting out and, you know, they get the comparisons early and then people can get really dismissive, you know, of either see them as competition. But, you know, he, you know, he said, like, we're one and the same. We're like, you know, of the same background. He said he's a militarian. And I think that was a really good way for Jay Huss to kind of to kind of uh, talk about the situation. And then you get the the Pasalu album, you know, however many months later. And we're hearing so many different uh, notes and a different style. And, you know, it's very, he's more clearly defined. Um, I still think that uh, new listeners will draw for that kind of um, connection. But I do, you can now see, you know, you can see the dance hall influences. You can see, you know, so much of where Pasa Lu kind of resonates. And then you can kind of draw the parallels away from, Jay Huss at this point because we have bodies of work by Jay Huss and now we finally have a body of work by Pasa Lu to define him better as an artist. When the sample size is low, like you know, you, you make a couple singles, you know, they they break out and then immediately everyone's trying to figure out how to classify things and where does it go? I feel like taxonomy when it comes to anything, whether it's animals or music, it's like our brain is always trying to organize into you know where it fits you know even so we can understand it better um yes yeah exactly human psychology yeah but i think the big thing with jay huss and as he you know with this it is a darker as i said more menacing um type of music and there are bright brighter flourishes on the album as well as i mentioned it's very intense it's very brooding it's it's also very bass heavy and it almost reminds me and i'm tell me if this is kind of a whack comparison but it's almost like kind of like old school dub where that bass is ringing in really heavy underneath and it almost controls the whole thing like i almost feel like you could take some of these beats and put like a reverbed out guitar over it you know what i mean like just because it's so close to its um to its roots and um where it draws influence from and that's kind of what i loved about it was just those like just those bass sounds that's kind of what i was picking apart the whole time i'm like this is one of the coolest bassy albums i've heard in a long time and i just you know it it, it was really good so like i feel that you know what you're saying and Cobert and i talked about this before and he because i was like i don't get the comparisons and then he kind of was like this is why you compare it like this and so i understand it from an academic sense but i think he's like if you're listening to his initial singles you're looking listening to this he's pulling away and i think he will from at least a sonic and a you know and a delivery sense from his lyrics he will continue to pull himself away as long as he's continuing to go on this route and this route is fantastic yeah yeah 100 percent. i agree i think he's channeling a different space in in the overall sound um as particularly with the leaning into more drill that's something jay huss doesn't do as much so yeah. i think he's he's definitely and i think if you look at his single strategy but from before like no single sounded like the 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 one before it and uh, he would that was intentional like re- whether he confirmed that to me or not he did i don't think he did but that was intentional he clearly saw the um whether it was him showing his artistry or whether it was the comparisons, he had something to prove. And I think what he had to prove before the project dropped is I can do a lot. I can fit in a lot of different spaces. So that's why you should listen to me because you'll get a different taste of uh, interpretational taste of different areas of the space that I exist in. So I think he had a lot to prove and this year he's done exactly what he needed to do. Um, So next year, just build on it. Um, and we'll see what happens. So in, in terms of that, like in terms of him kind of proving himself, when we look at like UK, you know, I'll call it for now, maybe rap, but maybe that might not be the best way to define it. Where does, where does he fit into the scene? Like I saw him get that YouTube cover recently. Um, and we've had like, you know, a lot of good years from for, for UK rap artists. Like how do you think he fits into, you know, the next class of UK rappers? He's one of the front runners. He's one of the front runners. He exists um, as a proponent, as an exciting act. You know, I don't think he's quite had um, chart impact yet, but with the UK, that can come with time. You know, Hedy One got it some years after he introduced himself to the scene a couple of years later, um, maybe two or so years later. So, you know, Pa's very much still 
time it's still fine for him um yeah just that wanted to double check that he has had no chart impact as yet but i think in terms of his youtube engagement he's doing great i think he's sonically he's challenging conventions and he's genre blending i think that's always exciting to see um and i think that he you know the visual moment that he had with back road g my family was important for him to really just distinguish himself as a visual act as well um part part's fine part part is um he's an underdog who is earning his stripes in my opinion right now um and he is being embraced by peers in the scene who or veterans in the scene who see a young boy rising up so i think he's definitely going to be fine um he's had the best pr rollouts one of the best pr rollouts of the year um as to, as it comes to uk acts you know he's building his cult audience i think it's super clever that he's releasing videos on his channel um as opposed to a grm daily now like he used them in the beginning but now he's really honing in on his own channel that is super important you know he just got the discover eyes to watch from vivo for 2021 flow millie's on that you know um shabo another talented uk lyricist is on that so you know he he's fine he's fine i think just work this mixtape a bit more um you know don't do too much socially maybe perform a few um quarantine styled concerts and stuff maybe try and get yourself on um colors i don't know if he's been on that yet i don't believe he's been on that yet um but i believe it would to be honest with you i i believe he's been reached out to with his profile right now um i don't know that for fact or fiction so don't take my word but what i will say is that i know that um he's got he ticks all the boxes for a colors especially if he's got a vivo one to watch for 2021 so i i predict colors for him next year which will you know pivot his career completely in a different direction um i see him i i see big things for him next year if if he just keeps building what he has now which is momentum you mentioned grm like how do platforms like that contribute to musical output and performance um grm is super important i did a piece for esquire uk interviewing posty one of the founders um it's called the holy grail of black british music um yeah grm daily is the biggest rap outlet a lot of artists use it to build their following they post they debut their music videos there um they do freestyles as well daily duppy is the biggest freestyle um feature that they have on their platform you know greats to up and coming have graced it this year you probably if you've been paying attention have seen um avorian dolls one which went viral um and i think it was one of the quickest to hit one million earlier this last month earlier last month um it is a super important um rap platform um and it covers you know whether it's drill afro swing uk hip-hop it, it can debut them all and they have obviously their rated awards which they they've done since i believe oh is it 2014 or 15 something like that um but the late um the late tens for sure um grm daily and sbtv um and oh my god link up link up tv are like the holy grails of rap culture right now um with grm having the most engagement engagement sbtv was the former kind of leader in that terrain but grm took the reins over the tens to really um galvanize audiences and and build build their legacy um just to fact check myself they started in 2015 the rated awards edition of their legacy so yeah that is an award show which gifts predominantly rappers awards for various genres um every single year since 2015 did you find it interesting that uh Pasalu chose to do frontline with a uh, mixtape madness as opposed to like a grm no um actually mixtape madness i forgot to include the mixtape madness is a um is a smaller platform but they definitely support up and coming 
um, talent as well. Still quite huge. Um, I'm on their YouTube now. Yeah, still quite a huge platform, over 1 million subscribers. So yeah, for sure, they're definitely one of those platforms that you can kind of get in early and build build your platform before maybe a GRM takes you on. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, they've existed, oh, sorry, they've existed for 10 years as well. So yeah, they're definitely a big platform too. You don't have to go straight to GRM. It's pretty much your option, whether you want to go to SBTV. You can go to all of them because there's some platform, some artists that have done all, all of them throughout um, and have just... Um, essentially premiered different videos and on each as they've built their profile or just they've just taken the pick of which one took them on so yeah for sure you can definitely mix and match it's no there's no politics like that yeah i always found it funny when drake did his uh link up tv as opposed to grm because i found i thought gm grm was kind of like more known at the time but then like his link up tv like obviously went like really viral and he put it ended up putting on his album yeah for sure that they're, they're all um Link up, do you know what? They're all GRM is definitely the most known one now, but um, Link Up TV, Mixtape Madness, I, I'd say probably mixed it goes Mixtape Madness, Link Up TV, and SBTV on par with each other just because SBTV was like the one that really broke down. Like Jamal Edwards is known as a mogul now in our in our in, in our space, you know, in the UK, and then um, I'd say GRM has now ascended to that that top position in the in the terms of the rap platforms but none of them are seen as like a flop none of them, like it's not that situation it's not it's not like you've seen as a flop it's almost like a um breakfast club sway in the morning um and hot 97 situation we're seeing like you know a lot of london acts win this year how do you think like the midlands kind of figures in and does it have room to like gain the same amount of prominence like you know or do midlands artists have to kind of relocate to london to see you know progress um i think what lot boy missed uh pasalu over the years um have been able to do i know i'm missing so many names right now but um it proves that there's a bubble over here right now there's a bubble and you know they'll come to they'll come to prominence in my opinion i just think it takes time um obviously london it's different to a us where you have different musical markets um in terms of the industry the industry is in london so to so to kind of ascend over here you would have to interact with london in some way shape or form i'm not saying conform or change your sound but you would have to definitely integrate with london to ascend um but you could also like an h just gain virability and then the industry comes to you or they want you to come to London, if that makes sense. It's not you conforming. It's more so they were like, oh, what's going on in Manchester? H, come through. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, um, I think people can win in different ways, but you will have to interact with London, um, whether that is on a hierarchical level or whether they call you to the forefront. Um, it just depends on your situation. Is there a thing, like, is there an accent kind of hierarchy there? Like, do people kind of still despise, like, the Manchester accent or, you know, certain accents? Like, I know A-Star has a very pronounced uh, Liverpoolian accent. <laughs> um, I think that was more... Do you know what? There's always jokes about Birmingham and the accent in Birmingham and stuff like that. Yeah, the Brum accent. The Brum accent, of course, um, and Manchester. But I don't think H faced much of that, um, even though you can hear it, you know, it's there. But um, ah, this is hard. I don't think it's to the de To be honest with you, I still like as much as people like to say the US is opening up now. Stormzy has not broken America. Dave has not broken America. Um, Gigs has not broken America. You know, um, they haven't. You know, they just haven't. Even Little Sims, who's getting massive attention from greats and doing festivals and stuff maybe she's broken the festival circuit in the u.s but not at large you know as a, a fully wholly u.s act she hasn't broken that that mold yet and i don't think it's to that extent where accent will block you from that type of breaking through um i just think it's like it's light jokes obviously there's sometimes beef there like with chip um <laughs> back in the day but um i definitely think that you can still break through with the accent. It's not going to be an industry thing like, oh, someone's from Birmingham. They can't, you know, do you know what I mean? If the song hits, it hits. And if the yeah. album hits, it hits. Do you know what I mean? Um, and people will embrace you for that. Would you say Skepta? Would you say Skepta has broke through? Like, I'm, I'm always kind of like, 
I question this, like, you know, you know, having followed Skepta through like the BBK, BBK days and, you know, his DJing career, like, and then seeing him with, with ASAP Rocky or, you know, like featured places, but like, I can't really tell. It all comes down to this and I'm on his Wikipedia page. If you drop an album tomorrow, yeah, is it going to sell? It's not yeah. like in the U S yeah. it's not. And the yeah. thing is his last album, it didn't sell. You know, even in Canada, I'm looking now, 67. You know, maybe there's some yeah. waves. There's some room in Canada, you know, just because of the relationship and our cousin kind of relationship there. Um, Australia, number 15, etc. But I think US, we haven't as an English culture broken through. We just haven't. Um, if, if Skepta drops tomorrow, um, even in a month, it's not going to sell, unfortunately. And that, that's not me being harsh or that's not me being like he's not valid skeptics are skeptics are icon over here he's a he's yeah a, he's a blueprint holder the skeptic the adenuga family are they, they just had a guardian feature you know with the mum dad brother sister um and skeptic you know um incredible figures in in our scene but in terms of the u.s market we he's not broken through he's not you know obviously he can jump on an asap rocky song and that can gain traction but that's not because of skeptic I feel like I represented that bias a lot before where it was like I grew up listening to American hip hop. Then obviously like uh, people like Cardinal Fischel, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, I just couldn't connect with it and I dismissed it. And like in my head as, you know, especially in like the early 2010s, as you're hearing more like auto tune stuff and, and I'm just like, it's a slower, more mumble rap style. I started to really listen to the English rappers and of people who are like, we're talking about like bare bones, just ability to spit rhymes. Uh, like there, there's not a lot of uh, contention um, with them because they're just so good. Like something like Skepta is incredible. You know what I mean? And they just like, they just blast through. And like Pasalu is another one who's just like, their spitting abilities are crazy. And that's what kind of drew me into it. And then I started really loving it and becoming obsessed with it. But I can definitely see the bias, and that's unfortunate too, because for American and Canadian hip hop lovers, like you're really missing out on wordsmithing by like putting it aside. You know what I mean? Yeah, sorry. I definitely agree with you there. I think that, um, do you know what? We need to just get to the place where the US isn't the, the epicenter or the hierarchy anymore. Like, personally, I'm just, it's fine. I can enjoy US hip hop and it's cool. I can enjoy UK um, and the plethora of rap genres that we have over here as well and not need them to go to the US and not think of that. I think that's where we need to be because wanting the US as a cosign or validation it just leads to so many different things we've had chip we've had oh my god crept and conan yeah we've had tiny yeah. tiny temper try and do that whole us album and it doesn't work because americans are always going to want their product from their artists especially if you're trying to replicate us hip-hop why would they want you they they've got their own do you know what i mean they've got so many options so i think it's about making what's truly your own and your artistic whether that is inspired by trap a little bit whether it is inspired by other things but genuine artistic exp expression um from your experience and people will come to you whether they're in australia whether they're in canada whether they're in england whether they're in manchester wherever um whether they're in london whether they're in manchester wherever they are they will come to you just stop looking for validation in places that have clearly told you that they don't want you at this time do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And the US loudly said that, even from the point of Drake, obviously I know he's Canadian, but Giggs being on the album and he got mocked. He was trending on Twitter in the United States, you know, because they were mocking him. And that's fine. Giggs has never tried to go to the US. You know, he collaborated on Drake's thing on a friendship tip or whatever. And it's like, just embrace that that market don't want us right now. It's absolutely fine. Um, embrace it as ignorance, embrace that whatever the reason is. But as we kind of said offline about awards and validation and stuff, you're good. In the UK, you are icons, you in your home market, you are known as X, Y, and Z. And, you know, some, not every market's for you. Not every market's going to slap. Just how some US artists don't transcend America. It's, yeah. it's fine you know it's it's mm. cool just work with the, the audience you have or if you see that you get engagement in asia on spotify and it's starting to build go go, go. Yeah. do your talk go run follow the numbers 
follow the numbers and follow the interaction with your music follow the audiences that do appreciate the music you do not need validation in spaces that you that have told you no through the numbers through the tweets through whatever it is they've told you no yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's imp- so important. I think that's something that we've seen, and I think it you know correlates to a discussion we had offline of Black British artists kind of becoming coming into their own and becoming legends, you know, over there. And you know, you know, someone like Gigs, like if you don't know, talking the hardest in London, like you know, you didn't. Are you really experiencing London the same as the rest of us? Like we hold these people up to a high regard um, where they're at, and we don't need to use the U.S. as a barometer for you know if these people's careers are validated you know if they're like this geography holds up we have you know our own ways of appreciating these artists and i think that's you know becoming so important and i think you look at you know the mid mid 2000s output of you know uk music and when you know artists were trying to cross over trying to sound american and none of it stuck and none of it you know is relevant now and it also doesn't sound good listening back but when artists return to their roots that's what connected with audiences the most and people can see themselves reflected in that. And I think that's the best way to kind of view your music and to build a legacy. 10,000%. Yeah. Like going to the U S is not that. And I think it's, I think we hear it too often in, in conversations about artists who are not based in the U S is that, you know, Oh, well this is good, but is it good enough for the U S markets? And that's not a way to judge art or the way to appreciate art. I get where it comes from though, 110%, just because um, it's one of the biggest musical markets in the world, right? I completely understand where the logic comes from, from a monetary point of view. And that's not what I'm trying to say from a point of critiquing that mindset. But what I am saying is two truths can exist. It can be the biggest market in the world or one of the biggest musical markets in the world and still just be a market that's ignorant to break through. You know, do not waste funds, resources, etc. if the numbers or even a potential of numbers isn't coming through. You know, if it's not coming through, it's not coming through. And if Afrobeats artist, if Afrobeats has its moment over the next Afropop, Afrobeats over the next decade, and there's a portal to get through on that wave, let the Afrobeats artist do it. You don't need to switch your sound to appeal and try and think that's your catch-in way. Just go with what is happening. You know what I mean? Go with the numbers, you know, in different... And that doesn't mean every UK artist doesn't appeal. You know, I think a Brie One Way should 100% jump over and go to um, New York and spend some time because I see the numbers. I see interaction over there. I think a Vorian doll should go and try New York drill and just see what happens. Like, um, and just not not completely change the sound, but like just try and work with some different artists, which she's already doing. Um, some artists naturally with their artistry will appeal. There's a moment happening right now. There's an intersection. If some artists fit in with that, go. But if the market is saying no, it's fine. Stormzy will still be a legend to his audience or he'll still be a pioneer of something in his in his own um, cultural enclave. You know, well, it doesn't need to be the, this all-encompassing global thing, you know. Kylie Minogue isn't known in the same way in the United States as she is in the broader world. And she's doing absolutely fine absolutely fine you know um her her albums didn't quite cross over completely you know in the u.s market and that is absolutely fine jesse j absolutely fine you know she's done numbers and stuff like that it's it's cool she did what she had to do at the time she did it it's cool you know fraser t smith one of the best producers in in our country he's helped hip-hop grime garage um but he is not well, he is actually known from for some international U.S. records as well, but like he's not, he's he's not at that stature of revered U.S. producer or U.K. producer in the U.S. You know, and that's fine. It's cool. Like France is a huge market. Um, Aya Nakamura, the biggest artist in France right now, pop artist. She's huge. Her numbers are on fire. She's not known in the U.K. or the U.S. like that. And then she's fine. I just spoke about it on that's pod. She should be especially as the UK is a couple of miles away, not, not not literally, but figuratively, she should, and her music speaks to the the West African diaspora and Afrobeats and stuff like that, and, and reggaeton even and stuff like that. She should be bigger in markets like Latin America and in the UK, but she's not. And she's fine in France. It's cool. I, I express frustrations, but at the end of the day, it's absolutely fine. She shouldn't conform or start singing in English to try and get, you know what I mean? 
it's absolutely fine for artists to be where they are and magnify their audiences on home turf or wherever, as I said before, wherever the market takes you. Before, I mean, we want to get into, we want to talk a little bit at the end about, you know, like what you're working on, that kind of thing. But what we do on every episode of the rhythm section is uh, when we talk about these albums, we, you know, we assign a rating, we review it. So according to our, uh, out of 10, our patented mine refinery uh, cog rating system, like what would you assign this album? Do you do half points or is it yes, just four points? Yes, absolutely half points. Oh, oh amazing. Okay, cool. Because I'm a half point person. Um, I would assign it a solid. Ugh, this is hard. This is hard. Um, I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. That might be high. I was thinking 7.5, but I'm, I'm going to give it an eight. I don't have a lot of critiques on it personally. Um, yeah, I'll give it an eight. Kyle, what do you have this at? I have this as an 8.5. I fucking loved it right off the bat. I like I it's high, but um I think you have to grade these things uh from a relative sense. Uh this is his first album. This is sorry, it's his first mixtape and um his ability to put this out I think was absolutely fantastic. I think his spitting is great. Um I I really really enjoyed uh this th- this mixtape it really kind of hit me i haven't i've been listening to it non-stop it's fucking incredible yeah nick i see your eight uh kyle i see your 8.5 and i think i'm gonna have to match the 8.5 um cogs i think this album was a great introduction i think it really was a concise body of work and i think he was able to distinguish himself on that and we were able to be pulled into his world to coventry I love the cover as well, um, and I want to ask Nick a question about the cover after. But yeah, I think um, this album is definitely deserving of an eight point five, and uh, or sorry, mixtape rather. And I'll be listening to this uh, into the new year. I mean, that's really what it's about. I mean, when we do this, I think the big thing for us is like, is this album gonna live with us after today? You know what I mean? After this review is done, are we gonna be? throwing this in am i going to be throwing these tracks into various playlists i'm making am i going to be doing work and listening to this and you know is it something that's going to exist in the culture individually of coburn and then kyle um and i think it, it it just really turned out fucking well and the talent is like the talent is more than there so um before we finish nick i want to talk about what's like what's next for you what do we have coming out what is uh what is our audience uh what can they expect from you what's uh what are you grinding on right now um gosh big question for the end of the year um there are a couple of pieces that i'm working on um i have a piece coming out for nme tomorrow with an incredible british up-and-coming talent um flo hio um she's she was born in Nigeria. She's from Bermondsey, which is South London. She's she's incredible. Um, women in rap are having their time right now on both sides of the Atlantic. And she's someone you should tap into 100%. Just released a project. Um, you should definitely get into that. Um, her name is Flo Hio. So F-L-O-H-I-O. Um, if you like how part is spitting, she, she's going to take you for a different ride as well. No Panic, No Pain is the cover. It's red artwork. Um, her fingers are over her eye she's incredible speaking to her was incredible too so that is a profile piece for NME um, probably be out by the time this comes out I'm also working on something for BuzzFeed um, on an award show um, called the MOBO Awards um, I won't reveal too much about that but it's um, a piece I'm really excited to get into one of my final pieces of the year I have that editorial, it's called UK Rap Reloaded. It is on the Georgia Smith cover of The Face magazine, which is a historic publication of the 80s, which have relaunched um, as of recently. Super incredible, um, super incredible to like to be featured with that. That highlights some talent like um, Shabo, M. Huncho, um, and a couple of other names I won't reveal too much, but just the next class of the UK, if you're looking for some exciting people to get into. Um, big moment for women in rap, so a couple of them are in there too. Yeah, I think that's... Oh, yeah, another piece for Audio Mac, um, talking to a singer-songwriter called Santino La Saint. He is an R&B act that mixes with rock. Think Miguel, think Pro James, think Prince a little bit um like that he's incredible 
um so he has he's released one ep called the blue pill and he's releasing another one called the red pill at large um next year i want to do a few more bits for apple music i want to get into artist consultancy so feeling that world out um and still obviously do the music and culture journalism but yeah and just do more incredible things like this like speaking audio form I, I definitely like this format as well um so yeah just more radio stuff more podcasting etc but we'll see where the year takes us you know very loose aspirations for next year so nick you you hail from north london is that right northwest northwest, northwest. So like wembley you you guys would know it well um just because of wembley stadium like on the international scale so i live about 15 minutes out from wembley so i've seen like you know we've had like grime and i think you know a lot of that is tied into east london obviously like Bo, um north have, london as well north london as well yes we have like skepta we have you know that's the the, the chip that scene um, and then we have uh, South London, obviously, as well, with like road rap and gigs and stalwarts from there. And also a lot of drill emanating from, you know, all three areas, but a lot in the South. What, uh, what would you say is the most prominent kind of section of London right now in terms of music or output? Oh, that is really hard. Um, I think a lot of great talent are coming from Croydon. Like you you played him, George, obviously Stormzy as well. Loads of producers in the drill scene. Um, JB Made It, who I spoke to earlier um this year i think um you've got east london obviously j house hells from there like a great scene coming out from there too and then you've got obviously homer Earn and stuff like that like what's going on over there which is dope um like unknown t and a couple of other like of his affiliates coming up too which is great v9 another drill at um class of night is it 97 class 97 i think they released a mixtape this year people yeah, murder me if i got that wrong yeah which yeah, is great really yeah it's a really good tape and it shows the eclectic kind of sound of all of them but um yeah i think do you know what it's homogenizing itself in a way um god then you've got anyone in north like there's a lot do you know what there's a lot going on right now i would say that and then nines nines had a great year this year like oh such a brilliant year for him nines is northwest too right or is he is yeah Yeah. he is i'm very happy for him and then fredo's northwest as well um you know a few allegations here and there so we're not going to really big him up too much there was another uh east london act that i wanted to mention a few times but i uh had to yeah we're not going to mention him yeah yeah yeah. we we would have maybe two weeks ago but no not today but um in terms of the UK, um, I think it's homogenizing, you know, like that is a really big hot take because people will rep South, like they will, there's just this South influence in terms of the actual industry as well. And people who, you know, come from South, they come from great things. There's a lot of connecting with the black diaspora there. So people would probably argue South London, but I'm going to, I'm going to have a hot take and say it's homogenizing um, a lot because I can think of names from every region who've killed it this year. Hedy's killed it. Jay Huss, of course, has killed it. Um, and then you have, obviously, did I say, so Hedy won Jay Huss, Nines from Northwest, um, a plethora of Southern rappers, obviously Stormzy being one of them late last year. Um, and JB made it on his drill rise. Like he was on one of Drake's biggest songs this year. I'm so happy for him. Um, do you know what? Like, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. I'll say it's homogenizing itself. And Nicholas, where, where can people find you? So my socials, all socials are I am N Tyrell, T-Y-R-E-L-L. That is where you can find me. My link tree will be in the bio um, for Instagram and Twitter. Um, and yeah, you can just find me on there. I'm on Clubhouse too, if you want to <laughs> chat on Clubhouse. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Nicholas Tyrell, thank you so much for lending your voice your knowledge and uh, your time uh, to the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Great conversation. We'll talk to you next time.